welcome to the podcast, The Common Bridge with Richard Helpy. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors, but with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. My name is Brian Kruger, and from time to time, I'll be the moderator and host of this podcast. Well, welcome to a special edition of The Common Bridge. I'm going to call this one Wildfires of the Vanities. I'm recording this on October 4th, 2020, but you knew the year. And it's just become necessary since we often record on a Thursday or a Saturday for Tuesday publication. And it's real easy to get out of date at this time. And it's been some time since I've read Tom Wolfe's Bonfire of the Vanities, with each character acting in their own narrow interest from start to finish and a great climax at the end. And so, almost on schedule, as soon as the president's positive coronavirus case was disclosed, you could almost hear the words, places, everyone, as all the characters in this tragedy we call 2020 began acting out their parts. Now, for me, the rate of October surprises is surprising. I mean, I think we'd be better off holding elections in March because February only has 28 days and there are 31 days in this month. So even though this might be out of date before it publishes in a day and a half, I want to add commentary on today's episode, that's number 64, that covers the first, and it might be the last presidential debate, the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing of James Comey, and some topics surrounding these two main events, and I do encourage you to listen to both of those. Uh, and as always, in the special edition of The Common Bridge, we will try to end on some solutions to address the issues of the day and seize the opportunities of the moment. And finally, a reminder that the brand promise of The Common Bridge remains the same. There will be something for everyone to not like in every episode, no matter your political views. And this special edition will be no different. So we're going to talk about the president and his coronavirus following a terrible debate last week and flaunting the few known things that actually work against coronavirus spread. The president, the first lady, other staff all reported positive for the virus. Now, as an optimist, I hope that most people would break character and come together. And I want to really applaud Joe Biden, Rachel Maddow, Amy Klobuchar, and many others who are opponents and strident critics of President Trump, who did nothing but wish he and his family a quick and full recovery and the cessation of negative ads. That's class, something we've needed for a long time in the country. And of course, another class act would be acknowledgement of their kindness emanating from the president and his family as he begins to hopefully recover. Alas, though, like a story that even Hollywood would find far-fetched, it wasn't long before others sank into predictable character. And speaking of Hollywood, the number of silly statements and tiresome Saturday Night Live skits is just par for the course. And this coming from an industry that just baked in the rules that a documentary with a heroic Jeffrey Dahmer could win an Oscar for Best Picture, but that a movie starring Joe Biden could not. And don't even get me started on that. But it isn't just the actors who entertain us that drop into character. It had to watch and listen to the reporting industry. And first, 
Somewhat to my surprise, the resilient Chris Wallace looked rather well in his Sunday show today. And everyone in America supports his recovery from the pummeling he took in the candidate chaos this past Tuesday. And now suddenly, the news reporting is clamoring for precise, up-to-the-minute reports on the president's health, without even mentioning the historical treatment of news blackouts on presidential health from Wilson to FDR to Eisenhower to Kennedy. Anyone who has been a patient advocate knows that medical conditions ebb, flow, and contradict during a hospitalization. And any fair observer can see this newfound curiosity in sharp contrast to months of Joe Biden ending his workday before 10 a.m. more often than not. I guess that goes along with the disinterest and the rising crime rates as criminals are released and the police forces are under assault. And the one thing that you'll hear reported ad nauseum is the thing around oxygen. And this virus defies the standard measurements of blood oxygen. I've talked about this in prior podcasts. Uh, Just look up happy hypoxic someplace in your internet browser. The political commentary at one point reminded me of the Salem witch trials. And you know the story. A suspected witch was put underwater, floating confirmed this was a witch, and of course they were subsequently executed. And not surfacing meant not a witch, uh, but also drowning. Uh, So there are people that are anticipating President Trump's demise and others claiming he'll make a recovery as a political strategy. And I suppose there'd be division over burning at the stake or the gallows, as happened during the Salem witch trials. But I digress. Also, we find reporters calling all the treatments experimental. Yes, all of the treatments are experimental because this is a novel, that means new, coronavirus, and modern medicine is still uncertain how to treat it. There hasn't been time for a double-blind test for efficacy and safety. And just remember that when the vaccine or vaccines come out. Then came the diffusers, playing in their character. Loyal backers of the president who turn a blind eye to his flaunting of the precautions to prevent the spread. Surely they'd be ready to admit they were wrong. Ha! Instead, we get stories of NFL teams getting the virus despite precautions, as well as governors of Missouri and Virginia, a doctor that is all taking precautions and still becoming infected. Note, it's about leadership. Nothing's 100%, but some things do have a chance of working. And finally, the president's political opponents expressing their belief that this event seals the deal for the Biden presidency. Frankly, I thought that too just based on the debate, and I did say that when I recorded it before this news of the president's illness. But then I looked today at the polls, and they're showing that Joe Biden is ahead of Donald Trump by about the same margin that Hillary Clinton was purported to have on this same date in 2016. So I put some links about this poll data on my website, richardhelpy.com. And now, of course, 2020 isn't 2016. But still, there's a lot of game to be played between now and November 3rd. And I just want to talk a little bit about the electorate. Where where the Dems and the left air is thinking that Trump's support is based on his superior moral character and his competence as chief executive of the United States. 
notwithstanding some acts of kindness and generosity, I have never seen, read, or heard of anyone defending his moral principles. And I've never seen anyone say they think he is adroit as a political chief executive. Trump's support came as a revulsion and disgust that our government was not addressing the issues of the day and at seeing that those elected had everything from better health insurance to untold wealth for elected representatives and their families. The rallies you see today, in my opinion, is fear of returning to that business as usual and without basic police protections as well, which is another thing that is perceived as being reserved for only a few. Now, my hopeful side says Joe Biden has the type of personality and track record and his comments today about being president of all Americans is yet another hopeful sign. Remember, it was Joe Biden who told Hillary Clinton and other Democrats that Trump supporters were not deplorables. They were the people he grew up with. So a solution to bridge this divide, and I will throw this out for consideration, and it would be this. Have Vice President Biden in studio for wide-ranging interviews with selected reporters. I would nominate Bob Woodward. I'd get a Sean Hannity, a Tucker Carlson, Rachel Maddow, a Joe Scarborough, a Catherine Herridge, anyone who anchors a Sunday talk show. I'd get Brett Baird. I'd get any of the anchors from the traditional news media, whatever the lineup, enough diversity to show Joe Biden is fearless and ready to engage. And you know what? Have a couple with Kamala Harris as well. If Joe Biden is the person we hope him to be, it will be a landslide and a movement toward healing. Some of the interview questions for the incoming inevitable President Biden. Number one, you have a track record of working across the aisle. In fact, you've been criticized for engaging in the past with people you have strong disagreement with. In today's climate, can you restore that sense of common conversation? Number two, would you prefer a bipartisan Congress with centrists from both major parties, or would you prefer your party control both houses of Congress, forcing you to contend with the far left wing of the Democratic Party? And before you answer, remember the last two Democrat presidents were pulled to the left, causing Bill Clinton to say, I was pulled so far to the left, I didn't recognize myself. Now, Presuming Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed by this Senate, what can we expect from a Biden administration? There have been some scarcely veiled threats about court packing in new states. You owe American voters this answer, please. Fourthly, please clarify your position on the Green New Deal. This should be a layup. I think some contextual comments, timing, and the like for that aspirational program would be an area that Joe Biden would thrive. Fifth, America is experiencing a surge in criminality within major cities. Presume that the solution differs from the 1994 bills you supported. What can Americans expect? And regarding the cities, what will you do to quell the violence? You know, look, you get into the international, will you endorse the peace accords with Israel and moving the embassy to Jerusalem? And it'd be great The FBI and the intelligence community have routinely broken the law. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt by their own testimony. How will you restore confidence in these agencies? You know, it's something, and Joe Biden could top it off with a plea for peace, no matter the outcome of the election, if we're surprised again. So this drama isn't a movie. It's a series. 
earlier episodes saw the destruction of the party establishments of the Republican and Democratic parties as discussed with an unresponsive government and a broken reporting industry resulted in a president unprepared for the job, a president with little interest in learning the job, and a president with massive personal issues. And despite the many accomplishments of the last four years, my sense is that America wants an exit and some sense of stability. We really aren't that far apart as a nation. We can all talk with each other in civil discussion and avoid civil war. So I ask everyone to join me in asking all of those elected or seeking office and and the leadership of the parties to behave better, to demand that we get better and more honest and full reporting from those that are in that industry. This is Rich Helpy signing off on the special edition of The Common Bridge. You have been listening to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge podcast, recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpy. For more information, visit richardhelpy.com.